Hey everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. I hope you're doing very well. I hope that you are having a wonderful evening this evening, and I hope that you're going to enjoy as we take a slight break from the endless issues to do with coronavirus and go to another topic that I find actually quite fascinating. And um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it and um, hear what you think and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yes, of course, we are trying new technology at the moment. And of course, what that means is um, I wanted to know what you all had to think about it. Yo, yo. Hey, everybody. Good evening and welcome to Free Domain Radio. It is time to upset and offend even more people with ye old basic truth. And um, let's see what you all have to say. How do you find you on Discord? Trying to get into it? So on Discord, you can find me. The best way to go to, go to subscribestar.com and sign up for a subscription, a couple of bucks a month or more. More is always helpful. And you will get a Discord link on Subscribestar. That's where I'm kind of hanging out and having chats with people and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, great to chat with you all this evening. Nice to see that the um, crowd is around and that the widget is not <laughs> doing anything to do with... It's supposed to be showing me on the left-hand side here. It's supposed to be showing me the chat. But, uh, well, it's, uh, it's really not. So let's uh, not show it then, shall we? And um, let's see here. Yeah, uh, well, let's not worry about that right now. That thing to the left. Do we think of making it too much of coronavirus? Uh, no, uh, I, I think it is important. And here's the thing, too. Uh, is the audio okay, by the way? Is the volume is good? Um, we're we're going to talk about this tomorrow. I want to sort of get back up to speed on coronavirus tomorrow. No, I don't think you're making too much of a deal of it. I hope that we make enough of a big deal uh, out of coronavirus that it turns out to not be a big deal. That that's I, I hope in my heart of hearts and, and all through my big ostrich egg forehead, uh, I hope very much that um, we make a huge deal of it, or I make a huge deal of it, and everyone says uh, when the smoke is all cleared, which it never will fully clear because it's coronavirus is with us for the duration. But I hope that people say, oh, that crazy Molyneux guy got all worked up over nothing, didn't turn out to be that big a deal. That's what I hope. I hope that I am proven to be ridiculous and paranoid because then I will know uh, I will have done my job. Because my job is to wake people up to the potential dangers of this kind of pandemic. And it has, it's a pandemic now. Let, let's be, at least be clear about that. It's a complete and total pandemic now. It was declared that way by the World Health Organization. And I had a show, I think it was in late... Um, late January, early February, referring it to this way. So let's just say quite a while ago. And uh, that's just, oh, let's turn this off, it's not working. YouTube chat viewer, blech. <laughs> All right. So listen, let's, we'll, we'll talk coronavirus tomorrow, and that's all going to go hunky-dory. But let's, let's talk Weinstein. Let's talk Weinstein, because man, this story has been 
rolling round and round in my brain, low these many months, and um, I've read a fair amount about it. I read Ronan Farrow's book, and I've been following the media and all kinds of stuff that's been going on that I find to be completely and totally fascinating. And I just got to tell you, there's so much to learn from Harvey Weinstein and all of this stuff that's going on. And I just wanted to get my thoughts out here and, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just somebody in the chat. So there's a reason why my video, Hong Kong Fight for Freedom, which you could get at fdrurl.com forward slash Hong Kong, or just go to freedomain.com, click on documentaries. There is a reason why now, in hindsight, of course, why my documentary talking about the massive existential danger of China was and is being so viciously suppressed. It's all becoming clear to me now, and that's just a basic fact. Please hurdle over, get over the suppression of the video, and make sure that you watch Hong Kong Fight for Freedom. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, I just talked to John Dutoit. We are resuming work on my documentary series on California, uh, uh, Sunset in the Golden State, which you can also get at freedomain.com forward slash free flesh, free flesh. I haven't been drinking. Or if I have, I've been drinking from this fine Gab.com mug. But um, yeah, Sunset in the Golden State, we are going to continue that series. It got a little bit interrupted. Uh, my, uh, oh, I don't know. How do I put this delicately? Um, well, I got financially reamed last year. My income dropped about 98% or so. You know, just a smidge. Something that you'd notice on a bar graph or two. Uh, my income dropped about... 98% and uh, I had some um, I had some rejigging to do. I had some reorientation to do. I had some building the bricks from the basement, shattered basement of my finances back. So, yeah, that's why, you know, I've been occasionally pointing out that if you could help me out at freedomain.com forward slash donate, freedomain.com forward slash donate, it sure does help a little rebuild the old shattered finances. So... <laughs> Who pays you more, Trump or Putin? It's funny, you know, I know these rumors are out there and it's kind of funny. Um, who funds me? <laughs> you know who funds me? You, <laughs> you, right there. You fund me. You looking at the blurry forefingers because I have a fixed, uh, I can't go back and forth too much uh, um, SCTV uh, 3D cam style because I have a fixed, um, a fixed lens. It's not auto focus. So I. Can't move around too much, but yeah, it's you guys who fund me. Uh, and uh, it's funny, too, this other thing, too, how people say, oh, you're begging for money and so on. It's like, you know, if, if you characterize people as asking others to exchange value for value, I know how valuable this show is to everyone. I get the emails of people who say I got out of an abusive relationship. I got into a relationship with a great woman. I'm peacefully parenting my children. I stopped spanking my children. I'm Safe from coronavirus because you were talking about it months ago and uh, made, I made better decisions. You know, I bought stuff before they was, it was all gone or the price went up. I know, I know how incredibly valuable this show is and how there's nothing else like there in the world. Not only horizontally, like in terms of what's out there right now, but there never will be a show like this ever again <laughs> because this broke the mold of all of the taboo topics and wild things that can be talked about with reason and evidence and walking that fine line and stretching the Overton window until it basically gives, to, gives birth to sex tuplets. That's what we're all about as a community. So I just wanted to point out, please don't characterize someone like me as begging when I'm saying, listen, I'm providing a huge amount of value. It's not a huge 
ask to say, support me for a couple of bucks a month. I mean, it is a massive value. Everybody knows that. And uh, there's a reason why a show this controversial and this challenging has, uh, we're around 700 million views and downloads. Like, we're close to three quarters of a billion points of light in the philosophy universe that otherwise would never have rained down from the skies of rational thought to light up a benighted world. So... Yeah, you tell me other people who are out there talking about the kind of dangerous topics I'm talking about, taking facefuls of tear gas to cover Hong Kong protests and staring down feral Antifa mobs and leftist mobs in, in New Zealand and in uh, Australia. And, you know, come on, come on. This is a great, great conversation. You guys are part of it. And if I'm asking to support it, yeah, I'm a capitalist. I'm a free market guy. I believe that uh, free riders uh, is, is not a morally defensible position if you're getting value out of it. Help me out. Really appreciate it. But uh, it's not begging. It's begging if I'm not providing any value. It's begging if I'm on a street corner, I'm not providing any value. If I am providing massive value and asking you to recognize that, that's not begging. And if you call it begging, you're not limiting me. I'm still going to go out here and ask for what I think is just and fair in the world. You're just limiting yourself to not asking for what you deserve in life. You're not, you're not stopping me. You understand? I'm still going. You're just stopping yourself. And that's the real tragedy of this. All right. Taking facefuls, balling you. <laughs> Are we still racist and bigots for wanting border control? Uh, no. No. Isn't it nice to watch Disney having to shut down California? I mean, isn't that Disney, who kicked American workers out on the ass to replace them with a bunch of foreigners, isn't that, I mean, come on. There's, there's things that you really have to take pleasure in in life, and watching Disney uh, take it to the nads financially is uh, one of those deep pleasures that you got to, you know, get you out of bed in the morning with a song in your heart and a spring in your step. All right, you fascinating, fascinating people. So let's see here. Oh, you asking for help is no different than those people putting please disable ad blocker on their websites. So um, you go to people's websites. They have to pay for their servers. They have to pay for their bandwidth. Listen, the bandwidth I have to pay for is staggering. I mean, you guys see me on YouTube, which is great. Uh, you see me on other social media platforms, it's great. Um, but I have to pay for the podcast downloads, which equal or exceed the videos. And uh, it's, it's blinding. And so, yeah, so it's funny. Like, you go to people's websites. Uh, they've taken the time to get the website, to get the code, to the PHP or whatever JavaScript that they're using to get the website up and running. And they've taken the time to educate themselves, to to write articles and so on, like people can hack me when they start giving out their work for free and never expect anything in return. It's just kind of funny. I mean, come on, have some empathy for people. If, you, if you're going to go to their websites, assuming it's not a hate watch, you know, like you're going to the New York Times or something like that, you know, leave your, leave your ad blockers off, uh, you know, give people a couple of bucks. Um, yeah, speaking of the New York Times, Mike Huckabee today was saying that if, he, if, if toilet paper continues to be so hard to get, he's going to actually have to open up a subscription to the New York Times, to which I replied, oh, Mike, don't, don't subject your ass to that. That's, <laughs> that's unfair. That's really bad. All right, so let's get on. And, and uh, you know, enough, enough friendly chat. Let's, let's get to the offense-o-meter and have it up. Okay. I'll put the links to this below. So this is just from 2017. So for those of you who don't know, Harvey Weinstein um, was but is now a disgraced, was a Hollywood mogul of the first order. Like you can see, um, I think it's uh, certainly Michelle Obama praising him to the skies. Uh, he was just king of Hollywood. 
and produced some pretty wild and amazing films, some pretty horrifying and terrifying films. He had a close relationship with, you know, archdemon Tarantino, and uh, he produced Shakespeare in Love and you know, a bunch of other stuff. And Shakespeare in Love actually kind of a cute, cute movie, despite the fact that it seems to have driven Gwyneth Paltrow around the bend, but she was probably heading that way anyway. But so he's this Hollywood mogul and is, um, you know, a, a swarthy, half-bearded man-pig of the First Order. And, you know, there's a list here. This is from um, a People magazine. No, sorry, USA Today, under People. And this is from 2017. There's a picture of this guy who looks like someone sprayed pubic hair on a pink model of Shrek. And there's all these women below, right, uh, all of his accusers. And, you know, they're all beautiful uh, women. Some of them I recognize. Some of them I don't. And um, what is that? Uh, so who are these people? I don't know. Are they here? Well, Gwyneth Paltrow I recognize. Um, Angelina Jolie I recognize. Uh, let's see here. Oh, gee, I guess I'm not up on my pop culture these days. I don't know. Um, the Judd. Ashley Judd? Ash- One of the Judd sisters is up there too. Anyway. So... This is as of 2017, 87 accusers, 87 accusers, right? And they say here, since the New York Times, the New Yorker, this is Ronan Farrow, Mia Farrow's kid, published bombshell reports last fall detailing decades of alleged sexual harassment and assault by producer Harvey Weinstein. Dozens of women have come forward with similar claims against the movie mogul. 85 women have accused Weinstein of inappropriate to criminal behavior, ranging from requests for massages to uh, to intimidating sexual advances to rape. And, of course, he denied the uh, accusations until he got 23 years in prison. And then, I think, I assume, Sanford-style faked a heart attack and uh, ended up going to hospital instead. So I won't get into the names of these uh, women, but uh, one actress posted to Instagram that Weinstein coerced her into a private meeting. He behaved inappropriately and propositioned a personal relationship to further my career whilst bragging about other actresses he had helped in a similar way. He tried to take my hand and put it in his lap, which is when I managed to leave the room. And another woman woman says that, uh, this is Rosanna Arquette. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to say names. Forget that. It doesn't really miss public information anyway. But told The New Yorker she rebuffed an early 1990s advance from Weinstein, saying he asked for a massage while wearing only a bathrobe. She says the producer told her she was making a big mistake by rejecting him and claims he has made things very difficult for her for years. Uh, Another woman says that Weinstein invited her to a business meeting at his Beverly Hills hotel room after the 2011 Golden Globes. She later recalls he had champagne waiting and alternated between offering to cast her in a film and demanding a naked massage. She claims that when she moved towards the door to leave, Weinstein lashed out, saying that she needs to lose weight, quote, to compete with Myla Kunis. And I actually listened to this, uh, this Italian model um, can be heard being pressured by Weinstein in audio tapes from a New York police department sting in 2015. In the tapes, he seemingly admits to groping the model on the previous day, and he reached a settlement with her. And uh, another actress uh, accused Weinstein of offering her alcohol during their first meeting when she was just 17. She wrote, I assumed it would be in a conference room, which was very common. When I arrived, reception told me to go to his room. He opened the door in his bathrobe. And it uh, kind of goes on and on. Some of these women say that 
they ended up in a longer-term relationship with Harvey Weinstein. One of the women said you know, she kept dating him, but it was degrading. She kept dating him, but was it was degrading. Now, this is um, as of late, wait, 23 hours ago? Weinstein gets 23 years in a sentence hailed by accusers. Harvey Weinstein pleaded for mercy and said he was totally confused by the sex crime case that got him sentenced to 23 years in prison. And uh, this, of course, is the Me Too thing as well. His accusers, who testified against him and many others who have spoken out elsewhere against the former Hollywood mogul, hailed the near-maximum punishment for his rape and criminal sex act convictions as long overdue. Weinstein, 67, broke his courtroom silence to say he felt remorse for this situation, but he also argued that men are accused of things that none of us understood. Thousands of men are losing due process. I'm worried about this country. I'm totally confused. I think men are confused about these issues. So he was convicted last month of raping a once aspiring actress in a New York City hotel room in 2013 and forcibly performing oral sex on former TV and film production assistant, blah, 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 at his apartment in 2006. So, all right, that you, you don't, you know, there's not much point coming in here to have me listen to you. So I have me listen to read, to read articles. So let's get to the meat of the issue. And I, I apologize in advance. This is going to annoy and bother a lot of people. I put this forward as interesting conjectures and things that I have thought about deeply for many, many years. A novel I wrote even before I came into the public sphere started out with these kinds of issues. So I really have thought about this stuff for a long time. doesn't mean that I'm right. doesn't mean that what I'm saying is, is any kind of final word, but I'm not just coming out of this out of nowhere. So without any further ado, let's, let's get into it. All right. I was in the business world, oh boy, from the age of 27 or so, yeah, about 15 years. Uh, and it's funny, too, if I was still in the business world, I used to do a lot of business in China uh, with Chinese people, of course. And uh, it's funny, traveled there and kind of glad I'm not in the business world at the moment. But over that 15-year period, I took I don't even know how many meetings. Um, not one of those meetings occurred in someone's hotel room. Not one. In fact, if I had had a business meeting with someone during the day and they couldn't make it and they said, hey, you know, I need to, you to come by my hotel room at 11 o'clock tonight so we can talk business. I mean, it would have been a completely ridiculous thing to ask for. You, you understand all of this, right? It would have been a completely ridiculous thing to ask for. And no sane human being that I can imagine would have said, yeah, that seems totally normal. Totally normal. Absolutely, I'm going to go, and particularly if it was, say, a woman, right? I was a fairly tasty slab of man meat when I was younger. And if it was a woman saying, well, you know, Steph, i uh, sorry that I couldn't make the meeting today in the actual office, but, you know, if you come by my hotel room at 11 o'clock tonight, I'd love to take that meeting one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, come on. Come on. Ladies, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Who takes these meetings? Who? Now, you understand, this doesn't mean 
that he's not a guilty son of a bitch who should never have laid a hand on these women. Absolutely. But you see, philosophy is about prevention. It's not about cure. Cure is for the lawyers and it's for the criminal court system and it's for the jails and the magistrates and the wardens. That's cure. This is about prevention. And philosophy can't help you once you're in those kinds of situations. As I've said a million times before, philosophy is like, an, is like a nutritionist. And if you've lived a Jerry Garcia kind of lazen and hamburger's life and you have a heart attack, you don't call your nutritionist and say, I'm having a heart attack. This could be the big one. What should I do? Because the nutritionist is going to say, well, A, maybe you should have gone back 30 years and listened to my advice. But B, I'm a nutritionist. I can't help you now. I can't help you now. you got to call the ER. you got to get an ambulance. you got to get to a doctor right now. A nutritionist can't say, well, you know, maybe, okay, you're having a heart attack right now, but i got a good plan here. Swap out some of the red meat for some salads, and, you know, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> not going to help you. So when I say I'm going to criticize some of these women, I'm not saying that Harvey Weinstein shouldn't be in jail. He should be. I'm not saying he wasn't a huge, disgusting criminal man pig. He was and probably would still be with fistfuls of blue pills if he had half a chance to. Was he a predator? Yeah, in my opinion. And of course, according to the opinion of the jurors, yeah, he was. But let's stop getting into these situations all the time. It's ridiculous. It's like what happened to the common sense of women and the men who advised them. I mean, I, I, I don't understand how these situations so repetitively... I mean, look, I understand why Hollywood covers it up. I understand why Meryl Streep gives, sings his praises, if I remember rightly. I understand all of this. I understand why this whole corrupt mess exists. What I don't understand at all, please help me, help me understand this. For these women, these young, beautiful, talented intelligent women go and take a meeting and the guy swings open the penthouse hotel room door dressed in a bathrobe full-on porn scruff going probably Barry White playing in the background and some sort of anal lube coming out of the sprinklers overhead and he says why yes Coming in, <laughs> let's have a business meeting. I mean, God Almighty. Oh. You know, here's the thing. I did like, let me just speak to the ladies here, right? Ladies, ladies, okay. You gotta, you gotta get this, okay. <sighs> so my guess is that these women, they grew up around a lot of nice guys. A lot of Christian guys, maybe, I don't know, like maybe a lot of white Christian, nice Republican-y guys, right? And so they were used to using their sexuality to get what they wanted. And come on, I mean, I don't believe this ever happened with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, say, or um, Kathy Bates, or Jessica Tandy, or, you know, whatever. These are all young, beautiful, sexy women, right? So my guess is that these women... When they were growing up, they were able to, you know, use their cleavage to swing open the doors of opportunity. And and they would be out there on full sexual display, full makeup. And, you know, these women would go to these meetings looking as good as they possibly could because they know that to some degree, to a large degree, they're being hired for their sex appeal, right? 
the it factor. Do, you know, like, do women, like, do men want to have sex with this woman? That's like a foundational requirement for a lot of these young ingenues, right? In a, in a, in an industry in Hollywood where, like, there's three ages for women, right? There's, like, the young ingenue, the hot thing, and then there's, like, the district attorney, and then there's driving Miss Daisy. Like, that's it. There's three of these categories as a whole. And so they're used to being on full sexual display, and then the moment they say to a guy, nah he's like, whoa, okay, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice guy, I'm a good guy, I'm, you know, praise the Lord, and all that good stuff. And so they're used to holding up their hand and the man just stops. And there's this magical force shield of will around these women. Grow up with very, very nice men around them. Now, the men are horny and the men want to date them and the men want to have sex with them because they're men, right? That's what they want to do. But the moment that the woman said, nah, the men just stop. It's a kind of magic, right? It's an amazing thing. For a woman. And what this does is it allows her to flex her sex appeal, never feeling at risk. And ladies, maybe I just read Looking for Mr. Goodbar one too many times when I was a kid, but it is not a good idea to be out there unfurling the butterfly wings of your massive sex appeal to get what you want. Because while it's true, there are a lot of nice guys out there there are also some not nice guys out there who when you put yourself forward in your full flex of sexual appeal and suddenly he does something you don't want him to do, 99 guys out of 100 will be, okay, hey, you know, sorry, man, read the wrong signals, misunderstood. He shoots and he misses. Strike, he's out of there. Welcome to Downsville population, you but don't let that, those 99 guys fool you into thinking that other guy ain't out there. Because he is. And Harvey Weinstein was one of those guys, I think. One of those guys who just corners you with this big man, bear, pig, whatever he had going on. And, you know, fleshily, jowly, pawingly grabs at you. And you're like, hey, no, magic hands. This is my no-touch zone. <laughs> Force field, force field. (laughs) And, you know, that patriarchy that you always heard about but never actually encountered, well, it's right there in the room with you and it's blocking your exit. And this is fundamentally so uh, terrible. It's It's so terrible that the women go into this environment shaking their money makers, and come on, look at these victims. And they are victims, I get it. But they're victims, to me, of a foundational ignorance that led them into this situation where they're cornered in this kind of way. There is something that, I don't know if women don't know this. I don't know if this is like natural wisdom that's just been lost over time. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, let me know what you think. I'll take questions in a few minutes. But... My God. Here's the thing. If you're a 20-year-old woman and you're 
physically attractive, right? You've got the fertility markers, you've got the clear skin, the even features, the hip-to-waist ratio, the hourglass figure, the lustrous hair, all of the stuff that says, good genes! <laughs> Very little cousin marriage in this lineage, right? All of the non-royal family stuff, right? If you've got those fertility markers, men are going to want to have sex with you, right? You're the bait, marriage is supposed to be the hook, right? That's how it's supposed to work. Now, here's the thing. So men will pay you a lot of attention. Men will, I mean, I, be, I was a young man. I, I get all of this, and I'm not decrying any of it. It's fine. It's natural mating ritual. In a free society, it would be a delicious and delightful thing. But the reality is, ladies, I know men are paying a lot of attention to you. I know that you can snap your fingers and five guys will come up and buy you drinks. I know that you have to sit around with your resting bitch face to drive away the men you don't want in order to get the alpha that you do want. I know that you got to dress yourself up to the nines knowing that 99 out of 100 guys you're going to want to go away from you. I get all of that, which is kind of, this is a very artificial situation, right? You're supposed to grow up in these small towns, these small villages, these small tribes, and women were supposed to just milk those looks for a couple of months, maybe a year or two, and then get snapped up. And the more, most attractive ones would get snapped up pretty quickly, and then you're a permanent monogamous pair-bonded relationship, having kids, your beauty is kind of erased by the stampede of little joyful feet, and uh, you don't have to carry this burden of uh, Angelina Jolie-esque cat lady cheekbones and sanded down truly horrific styles of plastic surgery maintenance for decade after decade. That's a heavy burden to carry. And the longer you carry it, it's like Gollum and the Ring. Like, there's a power. It gives you power, but it, it kind of steals your soul, right? So... When you're 20, ladies, I know you get a lot of attention. I was one of those guys out there giving the hot girls attention and getting them to go out with me. But here's the thing. You got to look in the mirror and understand, yeah, you look great. You know, you, you look great. Absolutely. You know, you are pollen to the bee. Uh, you are, you know, honey to the bear. I get all that. You are <laughs> swimming to the shark, right? So you look great. But here's the thing. You're not... And I don't mean to shock you with this, but it is a basic fact. You're not that interesting. You know, as a person, and that's the paradox that I really wanted to unravel in this conversation. Because you get a lot of attention, but you're not actually that interesting. Now, that's not a diss against women. There are very few men and women at the age of 20 who are that interesting. What did Rimbaud only made it to 19? <laughs> right? So you just, you're not that interesting. You're not that interesting. So then, if you're getting a lot of attention, it's because men want to... I don't want to say just want to have sex with you and all of that. I, it's more than that. It's more than that. But it's romantic-based. It's romance-based. It's sex-based. You're not that interesting. And it's very easy, I think, for a woman in her youthful sexual prime to think... She's really, really fascinating and interesting because men pay her so much attention. Now, this was bad throughout human history, and this is a force that needed to be tamed all the way through human history, which is why pair bonding and monogamy was what was used to shackle down the near bottomless pit of female vanity. And women's great weakness is vanity, men's great weakness is status. But now, for women out there, I mean, this vanity has swollen to tumoresque proportions. I mean, the thirst 
is like a goddamn force of nature. It's like the unified field theory that Einstein chased his moppy head around for decades trying to catch. Because now a woman doesn't have to get dolled up and go out to a bar. She can just, I don't know, throw her profile up and <laughs> shoot from the camera up on social, or like on, on, on Tinder or Plenty of Fish or I don't know, whatever else is out there. And she just gets thirst, 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 beta, 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 attention, attention, attention. And it's heady stuff. It's heady stuff. But man, come on, ladies, <laughs> you know the deal. You know why guys are interested in you. It's because you're young and fertile. Like maybe you're a unicorn and maybe you have been reading Murray Rothbard since you were 12. Absolutely, that's out there. I get that. You know, there are people out there. I mean, I toured Australia <laughs> with one of these women, right? And so, yeah, it could be. It could be, but come on. I mean, really. For, for, for the, I mean, I don't think any of these actresses I could be wrong, but I'm going to go out on a squeaky limb here, and I'm going to basically say that many of these actresses, if not all of these actresses, well, none of them were reading Murray Rothbard or Aristotle or Rimbaud, for that matter, when they were in their teens. They weren't cracking open crime and punishment at the age of 15 like I was, and even I wasn't that interesting when I was 20, <laughs> and I'm a pretty smart guy, pretty interesting guy. So you're just, you're not that interesting, and you know that deep down, you know, but it's like, it's an addiction that's really, really hard to shake. You're not that interesting. If you accept that, that you can work to become interesting. Now, if you work to become interesting as a woman and as a man, we're talking about women here. If you work to become interesting, a fascinating thing will happen. You'll actually start to attract interesting people rather than guys who want to bone you. It's really, you know, I really dislike the unearned. Really dislike the unearned which is why, you know, I'll criticize guys who are proud because they're tall. Yeah, good job. Good job being the holder of the genes you have. Or guys who are like, yeah, I've got great hair, you know. Like, yeah, good job. <laughs> good job. Not losing your hair. Boy, that must have taken a lot of effort, right? The unearned. You know, I really, really dislike the unearned. And surfing the unearned tsunami of youthful male hormones is not something that, like women, you've not earned sexual attraction. You say, oh, well, I've done my sit-ups and I've done, yeah, I got my push-up bra and I go to aerobics. Like, yeah, but you do those things largely because there's already the tsunami, right? Come on. I'm happily married. I can, <laughs> I can tell the truth. Finally, Lord praise above, I can tell the truth, right? Women don't earn the hormones that drive men's behavior. Look, Guys, we all know this transition. I talked about this last year in Orlando, the 21 convention. It's like one day, girls are just kind of annoying and you hope they don't come and play in your football game. Oh, soccer game, as I was playing. And then the next day, it's like, girls, 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 you can't, right? And, you know, back in the day when it was like Speedos, you're out there in the, <laughs> in the swimming pool uh, at gym you know, and you're bending your boner backwards so it doesn't bulge through your speedos and get embarrassing for you right i mean come on well guys you just we go we go insane we go mad we go mad for women and it's not something that's under our control and uh, i mean sorry the effects of it of course are under our control what we do with it is under our control and should be and, and must be for civilization to continue but lust hunger thirst 
for sexuality, for romance, for pair bonding, all of that stuff, that's not under our control. It's just taps go on and eyes bug out. And suddenly it's like, instead of being girls like, oh man, is she going to play baseball? She can't even catch or throw. Right? Suddenly it's like, oh, is she going to play? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting to see Cernovich's event and uh, Ashley St. Clair and a couple other women, I think, are like, you know, come party with us, boys, in Las Vegas. And it's like, I'm going to see. It's going to be curious what happens with with that, right? And there's this funny video on the internet about some guy who put those eye trackers on, like, you know, you can control some video games or some applications with eyes. you got a little special camera on your computer. And he's like, I'm going to log in to a Twitch girl's live stream. I'm not going to look at her boobs. I'm not going to look at her boobs, right? <laughs> but you can see where he's looking based on the darts on the screen, right? And of course, <laughs> the image comes up, boom, straight to boobs. Oh, man. <laughs> Busted. But, um, or it's like, you know, the women wearing cleavage is like, hey, my eyes are up here, you know? <laughs> uh, well, then why are, you wearing, why are you pushing your cleavage up like this little flesh tsunami? But anyway, so women don't earn male attention. It's something that possesses men and drives us in a particular way, but you don't earn it. And so you want, this is a challenge for these actresses, and again, I have great sympathy for them. Harvey Weinstein belongs in prison. Everything he did was wrong, that, that he was convicted of. No question, no question. Man pig of the first order. But ladies, let's stop getting into this kind of situation, okay? So I got to just break it down for you and I'll take some questions. So ladies, you're not that interesting and you're kind of replaceable. You're kind of replaceable, right? So these young women, like when was the last time, let me ask you this question, it's a serious question. When was the last time you saw a movie or television show or whatever and you looked at a young hot actress and you said, oh man, there's no way Anyone else could have played this role but her. <laughs> Come on. You're kind of interchangeable. You know, reasonably competent actress, attractive person, knows how to hit her marks and hold her chin in the right way so the light catches you well, and usually a pleasant voice, and, and uh, I guess like Jennifer Aniston, you know, is willing to be hungry for 30 years uh, for, for the sake of ambition or whatever. But you're kind of replaceable. And that's true of a lot of actors, too. We're just talking about actresses here as well, right? And maybe the actors have their own problem with gay Hollywood. I don't know, right? But whew, you're not that interesting. Men want to have sex with you, and that's, you didn't earn that. That's just nature's way of making more people. I mean, you, you earn that about as much as a photocopier is an artist. <laughs> hey, look, I photocopied a Dilbert. I'm Scott Adams, right? Or even the photocopier, not the person who photocopies. So I think that the women kind of know that deep down, and it's a tough thing. So you go into trying to get a movie role based upon men wanting to have sex with you a lot of times, right? And so that's kind of tough. So the only reason you're in the offing for these jobs a lot of times is because men want to have sex with you. And then, shockingly, men want to have sex with you. And unfortunately and monstrously, it's not the 99 nice guys who will say, okay, when you say stop. It's the other guy who won't, who doesn't, who didn't. And that's tough. I don't like it when people found their identities 
on things they did not earn. I'm a smart guy. I didn't earn that intelligence, or at least IQ, which is pretty closely related to intelligence. IQ was 80% genetic by your late teens. I think the number goes up from there. So as far as my intelligence goes, your intelligence, we didn't earn that, which is why I put my nose to the grindstone and try to use my intellectual abilities for the good of mankind. I didn't earn it. I just have this brain. You have your brain. We're smart people. Of all the people listening to this, I'm going to put on that pedestal. I think rightly so. We're smart people. Great. We didn't earn it. So what good can we do with it? Because the only thing that's going to give us pride, the only thing that's going to give us security, the only thing that's going to give us self-esteem, the only thing that's going to make us able to love and be loved is throwing aside all the things we did not earn and grasping all the things that are hard and working like hell to create and provide value in this world outside of the merely accidental. You understand? You're really tall. Who cares? You got nice hair. Who cares? You got nice skin. Who cares? The guy next to you with the pizza face, he didn't ask for that. And it's not because he's eating chocolate. Okay? I knew someone when I was a teenager. Oh, man. Oh, it's just horrendous. It was like you stood in front of the backwash of a Jet 747 engine with a bunch of tomatoes coming out. Just boom. And not just his face, but his arms, his chest, his back. Oh, it was horrible. He didn't earn that. I had relatively clear skin. I didn't earn that. Ooh, I have blue eyes. Some people find that attractive. I didn't earn those. I didn't sit there and say in the womb, okay, if I do enough sit-ups and don't get myself choked with this umbilical cord, I'm going to get me some blue eyes. Now, you know, you lose weight and so on. That's great. That's, you know, something that you've earned. But, uh, you know, when you inherit a bunch of money, you didn't earn that. You gotta take that ruthless razor right down the middle of your life, right down the middle of your soul, your entire existence, existentially. And you gotta separate. Here's all the stuff I did not earn. And here's the stuff I can work to achieve. Every time we rest on the laurels of the accidental, the biological, the hereditary, the inherited, every single time we rest our laurels. On those things, we fall forever. You cannot get self-esteem from what you did not earn. Now, if you inherited a bunch of money, fine. It doesn't mean you can't have self-esteem. It just means you don't take any pride. You can see all these stupid ass-wipe rich kids, you know, who are like, here's a picture of me in front of my Lambo. I'm 17. (laughs) You didn't earn that. You didn't earn that. In fact, your parents didn't even earn your love, which is why they're buying you a Lambo when you're 17. You see all these pictures of the status, right? The status like, I'm on a yacht. Really? Did you make the yacht? Did you earn the yacht? Did you build the yacht? It's one of the problems I had early on in my business career. I was installing a network system in a guy's house. And he had a beautiful house. And I was living in one rented room for 275 bucks a month, all in. Poor guy, let me tell you. I remember it was 275 bucks a month for my entire lodging. 
And it was $2.75 for one of the best souvlakis you could possibly have at this or any other planet in the restaurant nearby. And there were times it's like, $2.75, that's a lot. Those are the days when I used to, um, in the student newspaper, there were two-for-one coupons for Subway. And I've realized that if you got the right ingredients, you could get a two-for-one sub. You could eat half a sub. You'd get four dinners out of that if you, if you, you know, I mean, don't choose the fish, obviously, because, you know, if it goes off, you're kind of in trouble, right? And I was at this guy's place. And I said to him, because I, I never really resented the people who had more. I was kind of happy because, you know, it gives you something to aim for, right? I never really resented it and hate, didn't fall into that Orwellian leftist hatred of, of success or, or wealth. It's like, yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad there are people who like some breadcrumbs to aim towards, right? Um, okay, this is another story. And then I'll take some questions. I like, I appreciate your indulgence. I hope this stuff is interesting. I guess, I guess so. People are staying. But this guy, I said, man, you got a beautiful house. And he really did. I mean, just a beautiful house. I said, man, you got a beautiful house. And he turned to me and he said, yes, the Lord has been good to me. And I was like, hmm, boy, did that never not land very well for me. The Lord has been good to me. The good Lord has been fine to me. Well, why isn't the Lord being good to me then? I mean, this is the natural question you have, right? If you're very athletic, you have an athletic ability. Look, you work to enhance that athletic ability, and you should be proud of that. But just having, like, if you've ever played pickup games as I did, there was a guy who we played pickup games with who, who kind of moved like, Edward Scissorhands was moving his strings attached to his body while having some sort of epileptic attack. He just couldn't coordinate himself no matter what. And, you know, we played these pickup games of soccer and baseball and so on when I was a teenager for years. And this guy just couldn't get it. And it, 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 it you know, we, we never had the heart to say, you can't play. He was a pretty nice guy. But he just was ridiculously uncoordinated. And I remember I played, I was playing volleyball when um, I was on a volleyball team and I met my wife and uh, I also played volleyball later with a friend of mine from work, just no coordination. He was a good skier, but he couldn't, couldn't do the hand-eye coordination to save his life. Okay, so you happen to have really great hand-eye coordination. Good for you, man. Fantastic. But you got to be proud of that. I just inherited that. Oh, I'm really, really good with math. Good, good. Okay, but can you do something that's hard that makes the world a better place because of that? Can you? I mean, I remember one night I must have been maybe 12 and just had another terrible night at home with my mom who was bouncing off the walls, shrieky and screaming. And in that kind of mood, like if you grow up with a violent person, you learn to read those tea leaves of when, you know, it's coming like Brad Pitt, the serial killer in that movie with David Duchovny. It's like, it's coming. Like you got to get out. The ball's coming like ball's coming down. Indiana Jones style. The violence is escalating. The patterns are all there. The dominoes are coming down. You got to get out. And I went out. I got to go get something from school or whatever. I went out and it was like raining and it was cold. And it was, you know, those points in life where you're just, man, you're just low. You know, you're just low. You're like, man, it's seven years till I can become an adult. How am I going to make it? How am I going to make this? And how long can I stay out to try and gauge when I'm not going to get beaten up for going back because I was out too long. 
or get beaten up for being out without an umbrella or whatever it was, right? And I was walking around and I ended up going on a, like a hike, a ravine hike. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be seen on the street, you understand, right? Because if you're wandering around in the rain, it's cold. You don't want people stopping, and you're a kid, right? You don't want people stopping and saying, what are you doing out here? Are you okay? So I had to get away from people. So I went on a walk through the woods. And, you know, again, it's raining and it's slippery and it's dark. And it's just, it was not a high point in my life. And and we've all had them. We've all had issues where you're like, man, I really can't take going much lower than this. Like if, if there's many more layers lower than this, I don't know how I'm going to go on. Like I, I hope, I don't hope that you've had those, but I know that everybody who's really gone through trials has had those experiences where it's like, how, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to? And then it's just, you know, just get through the next minute, get through the next minute, get through the minute. And then, you know, eventually things will usually start to, to ease upwards. But I remember walking through the woods on the slippery slope and there was this chain link fence, there was this backyard and there was this family and I just happened to look over, and I look at this family, and they're laughing and playing cards around a dinner table. Now, I was aware this was a private moment. They didn't know that there was some bedraggled Oliver Twist kid out there in the woods, cold and wet. So I didn't linger because of a private moment. But I just remember that sight of a family, a mom and a dad and two kids, playing cards and laughing, like slamming the cars down hard and laughing. And a tidy house and a neat house and a nice house. And I remember thinking, oh man, do I want that? Oh man, do I want that? I yearned for that so deeply. It became a guiding principle. Just And it's funny, these little flashes, you're low and you just look for something to, to pull you up. Right? Something to just a rope. I'll climb. I just need a rope. And that rope came down. Anyway, it wasn't too long ago that memory came back to me when I was playing cards. <laughs> I was playing cards with my family. Oh, it's a funny thing. The memory came back to me. I hadn't thought about it in a long time. The memory came back to me and I was playing cards with my family and we were having a blast. And I actually looked. I looked out the back door. I didn't get up and look out. I mean, like crazy, right? But I looked out the back door almost like... I looked out the back door almost like I would see my 11 or 12-year-old face giving me the thumbs up and then dissolving into the rain. Good job, man. You did it. You got there. You pulled it off. That is, um, an important thing to remember when you're low. There'll be some place you can go. All right. So let us have a couple of questions. I do have a call tonight. And remember, we're going to be resurrecting the call-in show for free domain. And, um, you can get there on the Discord server through subscribestar.com. All right. Let's see if we have any questions. Corona is such a stupid pandemic, the common flu kills far more. Well, you know, the flu 
back in uh, the post-Second World, post-First World War period, 27% of the world's population got infected infected with the Spanish flu, which was actually from China, and um, it killed between 50 and 100 million people, which kind of puts it on par to both world wars combined. So the flu can be quite a thing. I've heard about this 5G thing as well. So I know that there's a bunch of people who say that 5G is a contributing factor, if not the enabler for COVID-19 vulnerability and mortality. I don't know much about 5G. And um, I do try to work to keep radiation at a lower level because, you know, I cancer and all that. So I have a big, big ass tilly hat for when I'm outside and I use... Um, well, I guess I can show you, right? There's no reason why I can't show you. Uh, the uh, the headset that I use for uh, my show is uh, is an air tube, right? So there's no radiation whatsoever. It just takes the air. It's an air tube, and I use that for uh, listening to audiobooks as well as an air tube. So I will try and keep my radiation to a minimum. I don't know, honestly, enough about the uh, 5G. But I will say this. I had someone contact me wanting to talk about organ harvesting with Fulangong members in China. So... What do you guys think of that? Would you be uh, interested in hearing about this? I do remember when I was in Hong Kong seeing all of the propaganda put out by the government against the Fulang Gong. Fulang Gang? Fulang Gong. But, um, yeah, Google, China uses 5G to ward off wild hogs. It can be used as crowd control. Yikes. Fulang Gong. Okay, so would you guys be interested in, in hearing that? Do that? No, I've heard the Kansas story as well, but you looked at There's some good theories about that. Uh, do you consider fine-tuning inherent skills and abilities genetically inherited something that's earned? I believe you can be apathetic about your opportunities or inspired to achieve. So something... Oh, and by the way, Phil Goff, mayor in uh, New Zealand, is now under investigation. Oh, he lied like hell about me. When I was uh, touring Australia and New Zealand, man, he just lied like a rug about me, saying I'd been banned from the UK and all these other just monstrous, monstrous, absolute, complete and total falsehoods, easily checkable. And uh, yeah, so Phil Goff is now under investigation. So yeah, you take your you take your joys in life where you where you can. Um, so something I wrote. Somebody was asking me questions about a voluntary or peaceful or stateless society, and I looked up my book, Practical Anarchy, which you can find at freedomain.com. It's free to, to read, to listen to. And um, I wrote in it, I wrote, everyone is a genius and everyone is a philosopher. And I really, really believe that to be true. Now, I don't mean a statistical genius like 170 IQ or something like that. But when, when you confront people, they're very often very manipulative and they see down the road of what you're trying to achieve and they're really, really brilliant. You know, like a, a debate I did with the Zero Books guy recently. I mean, you could see he knew exactly when to fuck. The, day, the debate that I did with Mac McManus earlier, and I, I think I'm going to do one with J.F. Gary Appy uh, coming up. And not to speak of him, but the ones I've had in the past, people know exactly when to obfuscate. They know exactly when to pull the sophistry card. They're completely brilliant at hiding and dodging and manipulating. So I think everyone's brilliant. Everyone's a genius. You just have to find some way to harness it for the power of good. And I really do believe that if people take their potential to the maximum, what they can achieve is so far beyond 
Your imagination, what you can achieve is so far beyond your imagination, you should never sell yourself short. And you should always aim too high. I hate that Icarus story. The guy bolts wax wings, he uses wax to affix wings to his back, flies too close to the sun and falls and dies. Or as a woman I used to date, an Indian woman I used to date, whenever I would say, oh, I'm really positive, really enthusiastic, she'd say, oh, black tongue, don't say it, the gods will see you. She was kind of joking, but it was kind of from an old, maybe a Zoroastrian belief, like, oh, don't be happy, don't be enthusiastic, the gods will see you and smite you down, and no, 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 forget that. That's, I mean, that's, that's the job of the internet these days, or the mainstream media. No, no, you, you can do incredible things. You really can do incredible things. Never sell yourself short, because nature... And mortality will sell you short eventually, just throw you in the ground and make sure that you've reached as high as you possibly can. And I guarantee you, you'll be able to reach far higher than you can possibly imagine. So that's the stuff that, um, that you can be proud of. Uh, according to CBS, you are alt-right and dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, what can I tell you? Alt-right is one of these phrases that is used by people who say... I don't really know how to think, but I'm dependent on the coerced income of other people. So anybody who's pro-free market, I'm going to say is a Nazi because reality is oppressive to me. Dangerous? Yeah, I'm dangerous. Of course I'm fucking dangerous. What are you, crazy? <laughs> Do you think I get this much attack, this much slander, this much falses written about me? Go check out my Wikipedia page. You think they write that shit about people who aren't dangerous? Of course I'm fucking dangerous. But not to good people. I'm, I'm a solve and a help to good people. I'm dangerous to evildoers. And that's kind of how it should be, don't you think? That's the job. That's the gig. Uh, why on Wikipedia is so much, can't anyone rewrite it? Um, I don't know how the Wikipedia process works. But um, uh, as far as I understand it, the page has been locked. How it gets unlocked, I don't know. But of course that should make, it should say right up at the top, it should say this page is locked. Uh, and can't be edited, uh, because that would be honesty. I don't think it does. But how do I push myself to reach beyond the stars? Okay, so you imagine that you have a superpower. Seriously, um, it, it's not magical thinking, because you do have superpower, you just don't know what it is yet, or how far it can stretch. So I said, I can engage in an incredibly powerful conversation about philosophy with the entire planet. That's what I'm going to do. That's my gig. Is that an outlandish ambition? Absolutely, <laughs> right? Of course it is. Would I have achieved this if I'd aimed lower? Hell no. Hell no. I aimed as high as I possibly could, and I continue to aim as high as I possibly could, despite the downdrafts of suppression and deplatforming and demonetization and losing most of my income. I mean, I just, I have to. Like a kite rises on the headwind. What if you had whatever ability you think you lack that's standing in your way? You feel you lack something. And that's why you're not achieving what you could. Something stands in your way. Either you have something that you shouldn't or you don't have something that you should. What if that wasn't true? What if there was nothing standing between you 
and being incredible. So many years ago, I read one of these stupid throwaway life-changing articles. And this woman, I'm thinking the name is June Cole, but I could be wrong, this activist. And she said, if I want to raise money for charity, I know I'm going to have to throw a black tie event and get 500 of Canada's richest people to come and donate money. So do you know what I do? I say that the event is going forward and I say everyone who's going to be there. And because of that, everyone ends up being there. Now, I'm not talking about fraud. I'm not, like, I'm not talking, but I'm just saying that you act like it's happening. And most times it will happen. I started a software company with no formal training in computers. And I became lead programmer, chief technical officer. I started doing sales with no sales training. I, did, I was a uh, chief technology officer. I was a chief marketing officer with no marketing training. And yeah, you get a bit of fraud-itis. Like, you know, you, you, people know that I'm not, right? But you just accept that you have what's necessary to do what you want and then go and do it. And you'd be amazed at how many people will accept that you can do what you, can, what you want to do just because you believe you can. Again, I'm not talking about grabbing the, <laughs> the joystick of a Boeing 747 with no training. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm just talking about the stuff that stands between you and achieving what you want. Imagine you have whatever superpower you think it is that other people have. Imagine. You have whatever superpower it is you think other people have who get what they want. Imagine that you have that superpower. What would you do if nothing was in your way? What would you do if nothing stood between you and what you could achieve in life? What would you do if every barrier that you had was purely imaginary and could be blown away like a stiff wind on a morning fog? What would you do? If your future was wide open to you, what would you do without barriers, without breaks, without obstacles? Well, I'll tell you what you'd do. You'd do what I do. Fucking walk through them. You want to slander me? I'll be more honest. You want to deplatform me? I'll just get better. You want to take my income? I'll find another way. And I'll find a better way to get there. Because my commitment is to you and to the truth. And anybody who stands in the way of that, I'm just going to vault right over. And in that vaulting, me, a guy who grew up in a single mom household, dirt broke, had to get his first job at the age of 10, been paying his own bills since the age of 15. Come on. Come on. I'm not that good looking. <laughs> it's not the hearts that get me through. You just imagine you have the superpower that you think other people have. You would be absolutely amazed at what you can do. You will rise to meet 
the challenges you will rise to meet whatever life and assholes throw in your way. As long as you have a goal that is bigger than just your own appetite. It has to be a goal that is bigger than your own appetite. All right. I'm a couple of minutes late for my other call. But uh, also make sure that you don't Surround yourself with people who are going to drag you down. Make sure that you surround yourself with people who believe in you. Listen, when I was starting out this show, I knew what it could be. I knew what could be possible. And, I mean, back of the napkin calculations, hundreds of thousands of people have stopped hitting their children because of this show. Thousands of babies have been born because of this show. People have found love. People have got out of bad relationships. People have pursued their dreams. People have achieved great things because of this conversation. I knew what was possible because I said, what if I am no different from the great philosophers in history? What if? What if? I don't know. That's for history to decide, not me. But what if? What if there's no big magical barrier? What if? What if? I know this is going to get me scolded and, and scarred and... and scared and belittled. I don't care. I'm just telling you the thought process so you can do something with your life that's amazing. I said, okay, I'm reading about all these great philosophers. What if there's no magic barrier between me and them? What if? What if? It's a possibility, isn't it? What one man can do, another man can do. And I thought, what if? (laughs) What if there is no magic source? What if there is no historical movement or momentum that you need? What if there is no barrier? What if you can ascend the staircase to the gods of mankind? Isn't it better to try? Isn't it better to try? So I said, well, what if? What if philosophy is is, is the birthright of mankind? And where are the modern philosophers who are engaging with and elevating and energizing the masses? Where's the, in case of emergency, break glass and behind it is a bust of some philosopher that tells the world what it damn well needs to hear? And I'm looking around saying, where are all the philosophers? Where are all the philosophers? And then, boom! There's a mirror. (laughs) Stop complaining about what's absent in the world and bring it! to the world. What if you are the savior of those around you? What if you are the savior of the world? What if you can do great things? Whose permission do you need? Whose permission do you need? What excuses are you making? And why? And who do those excuses serve? So when I first started out this show, I was like, I'm going to aim as high as humanly possible, man. If I'm going to do philosophy, I'm going to do maximum philosophy. <laughs> like the old Zortgay maximum verbosity. I'm going to do maximum philosophy, no holds barred philosophy. And I will stop for nothing and I will bend to no man and I will resist no topic. And the people that I knew back when I was living a smaller life, a more delicate life, a more self-confined life, 
they couldn't come. When you break out of inhibitions and you spread the wings of your full glorious potential, people will freak the fuck out. I'm Like I'm telling you, they will freak the fuck out because you're showing them a possibility that scares the living hell out of them, that they could ascend in Apollo-like styles of glory. What do they want to do? Do they want to rise with you? Do they want to open up the escape hatch and blow the subterranean bath escape of pathetically low expectations inculcated by our educational system and our general culture? Do they want to join you in shooting for the stars and traipsing the galaxies and putting your Tyrannosaurus boot print in the history of the world? Nah. Much easier to roll their eyes and say that you're grandiose and you're crazy and you're you're going to just fail. Who do you think you are? Steve Jobs? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Steve Jobs was just Steve Jobs who believed he could be Steve Jobs. <laughs> okay, I get this talent and I, I get all of that. I'm Whatever it's going to be for you. If you're listening to this show, you're in the 1% of the 1%. Yeah, Trudeau's wife has tested positive for coronavirus. That means Trudeau might have coronavirus. If he does, we'll find out whether... Weed cures coronavirus. Bitcoin will be back, I believe. All right. Okay. Well, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to... Um, how do I determine which call-in shows get uploaded and which do not? Um, it's been a while. Mr. Mito Kur. I've heard of him before. Yeah, if you think he'd be good, uh, then um, give me a shout. Give him a shout. Set it up, you know. Make, make, empower yourself. Empower yourself. All right. So thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm not going to give you investment advice, but uh, I don't believe Bitcoin's down for the count at all. At all. I mean, geez. I mean, what's it? The, the Fed is just dumping another $1.5 trillion into the economy. I think Bitcoin's coming back. It is the new gold standard as far as I can tell. So um, thanks, everyone, so much. I really, really appreciate your support. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. I love you guys too. It is wonderful to chat with you guys. It is a great, deep and honorable pleasure for me to engage in these conversations with you. And I just thank you so enormously for sharing this show. I know it's tough. I know that you get a lot of, mm, he's a bad guy kind of crap, but you know the quality of my heart. I know the quality of your hearts and we will prevail. It is the biggest vision that holds sway in history. We have a big vision. We have endless potential. Uh, we're not going down. Thanks, everyone, so much. I'll talk to you soon.